to be and what we would die for. But we know that when you talk about vision and some of these types of things, we're kind of like a bucket with a hole in it. And as much vision as we can pour in, we are leaking all the time. And so that's why we're revisiting some of these things. And so for some of you, it's like, boy, I've heard this before. And I'd say, well, praise God. We want to be able to be able to, to repeat what we're talking about. So we're revisiting, refreshing everyone, bringing everyone up to speed, saying, why are we here as a church? And we are here, first of all, to connect with God. That's our priority number one. Would you say amen to that? And we talked from Philippians chapter 3, Paul encouraged us that if we're going to connect fully with God, that we need to flee the present, we can't stay where we are, we need to forget what's happened in the past, and boy, that can be tough to get through the past, we need to focus on purpose, focusing on what God has called us to do, and then we need to finish the process. And you wrap all that up into a a saying that we've been uh, talking about for the last couple weeks, that Paul, if you were here today, he would say something like this. He would say, I am mature enough to know that I am not mature enough. The idea is that, look, I have not arrived. None of us have. We are all on a journey, and we all must continue to grow. And that growth and that discipleship we've talked about, doesn't happen unless we are connecting in relationships. Growth and discipleship does not happen in isolation. It doesn't happen individually. And so our second point, our second part of our mission statement is that we, as a body of believers, want to connect fully with each other. Matthew chapter 22, verses 37 through 39, Jesus was asked, what's the greatest commandment? And he says, to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And then the second is like it, to love your neighbor as yourself. God knows what he's doing when he gave us those commandments. And we, when we connect together, we will grow deeper. John 17, 21, it talks about that the goal for us is to be one. To that the, uh, Jesus is praying for us as believers. He says, my heart is that they would be one as you and I are one, Holy Spirit. And that's not just a good idea. We believe it's our biblical mandate to be one. And so at the Gateway Church, we must provide opportunities for people to be close enough to care and to share for one another, to challenge and to support one another, to confide and to confess to one another, to forgive and to be forgiven, to laugh and to weep together, to be accountable to each other, to watch over each other, and ultimately to grow together. And so we've come up with this idea that we've called connecting points. And I want everyone to just kind of wave your connecting points brochure at me. Hopefully everyone here got one this morning. I want to just take a moment and say, and just kind of explain briefly what's in this. If you open it up to the first page, there's a connect series, and there's connect 101 and connect 201 and connect 301. And really this is a track to, for you to get involved in ministry ultimately. But first of all, is the, to connect with us. As a church, the first place to connect, come on to our place. It's right around the corner for some of you. And we would love for you to come and to spend some time with us. Six o'clock, starting next Sunday night. You won't want to miss it. Connect 201 is our membership track. It's a one day, uh, 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 really just a one morning. We meet at Grand Traverse Pie, March 23rd. Mark it on your calendar. 
Connect 301 has already started this last Wednesday night. And if you're saying, boy, I missed the, the start, can I jump in? And I'd say, absolutely. Connect 301 is a fast-paced uh, moving. It was awesome on, on Wednesday night. About 45 of us were here, and uh, we would love to take that to 65 starting this Wednesday night. But if that's going to happen, we need a few of you to come on out and join us. And it's our master-level leadership training where we take, take you through what it means to be a master-level leader. You open up a little further, there's some things for men. Men's breakfast, we got a, one coming up in a couple weeks on February 2nd with a fantastic guest, a missionary. His name is Dean uh, in Africa. You're not going to want to miss it. It's going to be incredible encouragement. He's, a, he's an American brother, but uh, works with African pastors. we got a men's Bible study that starts February 5th. Uh, Bob, just stand up real quick. Uh, this is Bob Boss in the back. You weren't here last week. Uh, your mother-in-law passed this week in California, and I know it's been quite a week. But at February 5th, Bob, he meets with men on, on Tuesday morning, 6 o'clock. Russ is in Grand Haven. And guys, let me just say, if you start work at 7, 7.30, or 8 o'clock, Get up early once a week and get out there and connect with Bob and with others and, uh, and grow. we got a young men's uh, group that Pastor Pete talked about last week that meets on Fridays, 8 o'clock. Ah, did you notice that? Like the, the, younger, get, the younger guys meet at 8 and the, the older guys meet early. I don't know about that. But uh, anyway, Ladies Craft Night, we mentioned that earlier. It starts, uh, we got one this week. And then I want to introduce to you Mandy. Where's Mandy? Mandy, come on up here real quick. we got the microphone handy. Mandy, last week you were working, you work every other week, but Mandy, uh, one of the biggest areas in the fall when we took a survey saying, boy, what are some areas where we need to be connecting as a body? One of the biggest concerns or the greatest needs was women saying, boy, I love to connect in a Bible study. And Mandy, your heart, you came to me and said, boy, pastor, I love to lead something. And so talk to me a little bit, talk to us a little bit about what you've got planned, all right? planning it's called what women for wisdom wow and that's what i want all the women of this church to show the world that when we are in their presence whether you're at work school even in your homes that you just wow people Amen. and and that's just by the presence of god being with you and so um i'm going to be doing well hosting that's a right. women's bible and book study the first book that we'll be doing is the resolution for women mm -hmm. and i think it's a great book to start out the new year many of you may have read it um it's been out for a while but i think it'd be great just to come together and get to know one another and fellowship and learn the heart of god together so it'll be on tuesday the first and third tuesday of the month at 7 p.m here at the gateway great not this tuesday but the following tuesday yes, february, february 5th, 5th is the first one. Meet right here at the church. Yes. And we're praying that uh, the ladies will just come out and uh, enjoy fellowship together and grow in the Lord. And thanks for, thanks for doing that. And uh, we're excited for you and for what God is, has in plan. All right? Yeah, good. We also mentioned last week that we have ballroom dancing that starts uh, in a couple Monday nights away. Not this Monday night, but the next one. Uh, we have Bringing the Kingdom, which is exciting. Uh, a, a couple of dates there, March 23rd and March 27th. And then we got a home group Bible study meeting at George and Linda Richards. And uh, we talked about that last week. And then, of course, this week we've got our winter hike. And uh, these are connecting points, areas where we can get together people of similar interests to meet regularly, and our goal is to connect with God and to connect with each other. Everyone say that with me. Our goal, our goal. is to connect with God and to connect with each other. 
And that's what we're trying to do, and that's what we're trying to accomplish. And we are believing that God is going to help us in that. So today, we're going to make one more turn and talk about the third part of our mission statement. We've talked about connecting with God, connecting with each other. The third part is connecting with the world. And I want you to turn with me to Matthew chapter 4. And I want to talk to you about the start of Jesus' ministry and looking at what was on his heart. Jesus, when he started his ministry, he took a 40-day fast out in the wilderness. And I know many of you are fasting and praying with us for 40 days here. We're excited about that. And uh, what's interesting about that is Jesus, he came out of the desert and he started to preach. And he began to say in verse 17, he said, Repent for the kingdom of heaven is near. And he established a theme that would run throughout his ministry. And then he goes into verse 18. It says, And Jesus was walking beside the Sea of Galilee, and he saw two brothers, Simon called Peter and his brother Andrew. They were casting a net into the lake, for they were fishermen. In verse 19, Jesus says, Come, follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. And at once they left their nets and they followed him. Going on from there, he saw two other brothers, James, the sons of Zebedee, and his brother John. And they were in a boat and with their father Zebedee, preparing their nets. Jesus called to them, and immediately they left the boat and their father and followed Jesus. What I want you to see is that Jesus establishes a ministry model. He begins his ministry, he starts talking about the kingdom of heaven, that the kingdom of heaven is near, and he calls the disciples to leave their profession and to become not fishers of fish, but fishers of men. And their response was immediate, and we'll talk a little bit more about that. We see the exact same story in Mark chapter 1, uh, uh, just a different account. You can turn there quickly. Uh, same kind of thing. At, at once, the Spirit sent Jesus out into the desert, verse 12, and he was in the desert for 40 days and was tempted by Satan. He was out with the wild animals, and the angels attended to him. But after John put, uh, was put in prison, Jesus went to Galilee proclaiming the good news of God. The time has come. The kingdom of God is near. Repent and believe the good news. And as he walked along the side, he said, come, follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. Verse 18, and at once they left their nets and followed him. And when he went and when he'd gone a little further, he saw uh, two more. And without delay, they, he called to them and they left their father Zebedee in the boat with the hired men and they followed him. I read those accounts because that, I believe, should be our response, to be immediate. And what's interesting, these disciples began a journey. For the next three years of their lives, they walked and they talked with Jesus. And they watched Jesus as he ministered. And the ministry was marked by incredible miracles. The people were healed and saved and delivered. Demons were cast out. The dead were raised. And Jesus, all along, was preaching the kingdom of heaven. The kingdom of God was his focus. Signs and wonders. And then what's interesting is Jesus promised that even greater ministry would be happening from the disciples. Greater things were yet to come. Jesus sent out his disciples, and they would come back and give reports, and they, were, they, they began to, to practice ministry. And one time they came back and said, man, we couldn't cast out the demons like we thought we could. And Jesus said, you know, 
only, some of these are only accomplished by prayer and fasting. So Jesus, he didn't just shun them and say, boy, you know, if you didn't get it right this time, you're out of here. He taught them and walked with them and encouraged them. And then, of course, Jesus ended up on the cross. He died for our sins, and the veil was torn. When Jesus said, it is finished, there's darkness that fell over the entire land. And the veil in the temple ripped from top to bottom. And what happened is that the Old Testament model was now gone. The way that you would connect with God in the Old Testament was now extinct. And now there was a possibility for a direct connection with God. There were no more priests needed, no more sacrifice required. In fact, as believers, the disciples then and even today, we, were, we are now described as priests and kings. Pretty incredible. Turn with me to 1 Peter chapter 2, and we'll read about that. 1 Peter chapter 2 says this in verse 9. It says, But you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people belonging to God, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. In the King James, it says we are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation. And then it says a peculiar people, a peculiar people. What does that mean, a peculiar people? It means that we, as believers, we think differently than the rest of the world. We do things differently. We react to outside stuff differently. And it's because of Christ's influence in our lives. And I would say this, that especially we are peculiar when we are spirit-filled believers. Look at Acts chapter 1, verse 8, a great, uh, great verse here. Jesus, right before he ascends into heaven, he, of course, he, he talks about, he says to the disciples, he says, look, don't leave Jerusalem, but wait here for the gift that my Father has promised, uh, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized in the Holy Spirit. And so when they met together, they said, Lord, is it at this time that you're going to restore the kingdom of Israel? And he said, no, it's not for, uh, for now. It's not uh, for you to know the date or the, the time for the Father has set by his own authority. But then look at verse 8. It says, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. What Jesus is saying here is that you will be made better. You will receive power when you receive the Holy Spirit. You'll be made better for the kingdom of heaven. And what's interesting, I believe more than anything that our lives, in reflection of that verse and some of these other verses, is that our lives should be marked by reaching the world, making a difference in our community, making a difference in our families, making a difference across the globe. Connecting with the world is the heart of our Heavenly Father. We find it in Matthew 28, 19. Jesus said, go and make disciples. Baptize them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And he promised that he would be with us. 
He said, go and preach the gospel. That means you. And it means really when you study that in the Greek, wherever you go, that you should be preaching the gospel, sharing the good news of Christ, that Jesus can change your life, that there's no hope unless you have Jesus. The fact is, is we are all priests and kings, and we, as the body of Christ, we are the ones that are responsible. But I know how it is. I've been there. Many of us would say, well, man, that sounds good, right? That sounds good. I would like to or I would love to help, but I can't. And when I think of the word I can't, I think of excuses like, well, it's just too hard or I don't have enough resources to do what God's called me to do or I don't have enough time in my, in my schedule. I can't is just an excuse. Sometimes the easiest thing to say is no to God. Can you agree with me with that? You say, well, not now, God, maybe later, or maybe someday, or, or maybe, maybe at some point in my life I would be ready to do that, but not today. But I believe as spirit-filled people that we are different. We are better because of the power of God inside of us that we would rise up, we would say, I can do all things. As spirit-filled people, we are faith-filled. We are master-level type leaders that say, I can do it. And no matter what God has called you to do personally, or no matter what God has called us to do corporately, our answer can be, and I believe should be, yes, Lord. So the question where the rubber meets the road today is what God are you calling me to do personally? What is God calling you to do? What is God calling us to do corporately? And you know what? Sometimes, and I would say even many times, what God calls us to, it is hard. It may seem impossible. Dan Betzer uh, is a great pastor down in South Florida, Fort Myers area. I was listening to a message of his this week, and it was a missions message that he actually preached at my home church back in, in Springfield, Missouri at James River Assembly. And he, he was talking about missions a little bit, and, and, uh, it was, and it caught my attention. But he said in there, he's like, you know what? Sometimes the Holy Spirit can just be annoying. And I'm like, what? <laughs> and he told this story about how God impressed in him uh, back in the late 70s to sell this car that he had and to give the money to missions. And he came home, and he wasn't going to tell anybody, but his wife says, so says to him, Dan, did God speak to you today about anything? And and uh, Dan says, well, kind of. And he said, and she says, did he impress on you to sell your car and give the money to missions? Yes. He says, yeah, yeah. And, he, and so he says, all right, I'll do it. He puts an ad in the paper. Three days later, when the paper comes out, he, he said, you know what? I'm going to put it in at such a high price that no one would buy this car. And the very first day that it's in the paper, that morning, someone came and wrote a check for the car and he's like, man, what do I do? And so he was going to go down to the bank, get this, and he was going to give them, uh, uh, pay off the loan and then give the rest to missions. And his wife said, uh-uh, God told you that we were going to sell that car and give the money to missions. He says, well, that's what I'm doing. <laughs> 
And he says, man, God can be annoying sometimes. He says, he, he says you know what? He, his wife said, you know, you should talk to the banker, see if they'll hold that loan, and we'll continue to make payments. We're good for it. And that's what they did. They gave the full amount to missions. And for two more years, they made payments on a car that they didn't even own. Can you imagine that? Wow. It was such a cool story. And, you know, whether you'd say, well, the Holy Spirit's annoying or just, boy, what the Holy Spirit puts on your heart is hard or impossible. When God says, you know what, I want you to go here. I want you to do this or to do that or to sell this. How many know sometimes when the Holy Spirit speaks to us, it's not always at the most convenient time? When God says, go and confront a friend and to, to bring some reconciliation or forgiveness. Or God says on a Sunday morning, pray a little longer at the altar. Don't hurry off. Or when God says to give away something that's important to you. Or he says to you, get trained so you can be used by me in a more powerful way. What do you do when the Holy Spirit speaks to you in that way? Do you just pass it off and say, man, I, I did have chili last night or that pizza, you know, is it just bad pizza? No, we listen to the Holy Spirit. Jessica and I just recently, uh, in the fall, we made a faith promise. It's the largest faith promise we've ever made in, in our married life. And it was kind of like one of those moments like, God, this is crazy. It might as well be a million dollars because we don't know how you're going to provide. But what's amazing is God is making a way for us to pay that, uh, to, to fulfill our faith promise. And you know what? It's exciting to live that way. Church, I believe that we are called to connect with God, to connect with each other, and to connect with the world. That is why we exist. And in light of that, what can or what could God do through us? What could he do through you? I want you to seriously consider that question. What could God do through you? And what I want you to know, to give you a warning is that when God speaks, when he puts something in our hearts, many times what God will tell you will scare you half to death. I've been there, and many of you I know have as well. You will be nervous when the Holy Spirit speaks and gives you some direction. But remember, God is smarter than we are, isn't he? And we can trust God. If God wants you to do something so unbelievable through you, why not do it? Why not step out and try and see if God's word that says, not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord, that spirit of God in us makes us better for the kingdom. So my encouragement for us today is to pray in the spirit. Many of you come from a Pentecostal background and you grew up praying in tongues and, and I want to encourage you. I want to stir up that gift in you. For those of you that are here and you're saying, boy, I'm new to that. You're saying, I don't understand that. I would encourage you to seek God with everything in your heart. And not only to pray in the Spirit, seeking God with passion, but then to listen to God. And that brings up a question, how do you know when He speaks to us, Right? How do you know? How do you hear the voice of God? And that can be tricky. Little Pete, uh, Pastor Pete and Deb's little son, 
six years old, right? On Wednesday nights before church, I try to get in the sanctuary and pray for uh, quite a while. And Pete and Deb, they always come in early, maybe an hour early. I'm usually down in this area and have some worship music going. And I'm down here. And Pete, it's awesome. I love little Pete. He comes in and he sits down by me and he just waits for me. And he just sits there. And he sometimes says, hey, Pastor Ben, <laughs> whatever. And so I'll, I'll, I'll say, hey, man, how you doing? Well, I found out that in the Benson home, they're fasting and praying for 40 days, including the kids. And I said, man, man, that's incredible. And little Pete says, you know, Pastor, I'm fasting and praying. I said, oh, really? That's awesome. He says, yeah, I'm fasting and praying so I can hear God better. And I said, really? I said, I said, Pete, well, how do you hear God? And he says, I don't know. <laughs> he says, I never heard Jesus talk, but he said, I have seen an angel. <laughs> And I said, well, I have too. And I, you know, we talked about that when I was a kid, that had happened. But then I went on to say, you know, Pete, little Pete, <laughs> I said, brother, I said, when, we, when you hear God, it, it's not an, all, an audible voice. At least it's never been for me. I do believe that's possible, and I've heard stories of that. But it's not an audible voice, but it's a feeling in your spirit, in the pit of your belly when God speaks to you. And what happens is whatever God is speaking to you, it lines up with the Word of God. And what I love is I was just reading through Acts this week as I'm going through my new Bible reading plan. And what's interesting is that in Acts, they would often say that it makes sense to us and the Holy Spirit. And so they were seeking God, and they would talk to others. It would be confirmed in others. There would be wisdom in the counsel of the body. And what's interesting is when God speaks... I believe that it's often in a small whisper, it's in a thought, it's in, a, uh, it's in an idea. And many times, we as believers, we kind of write it off saying, well, that's a good idea, but that certainly couldn't be from God. But let me just encourage you that when God puts on your heart to be generous or to pray or to give or to give of your time or to confront someone or to serve, I would just say, remember, that is not the enemy. The enemy doesn't want you to be generous or to pray or to give up your time or to confront your brother. Now, you do have to check your motives and say, all right, is this you know, out of selfish, selfish motives? But the bottom line is, when God puts something in your heart, you can trust him. You can take him at his word. And I believe what God is wanting to do here at the Gateway Church, is he's wanting to remind us what we are to be about. That we are called to be fishers of men. Still, today. You say, well, I don't go out and fish. But you know what? We are called to connect with our world. And the way we do that is by fishing for people. So what that looks like in my life is that no longer do I play basketball just for exercise or for fun. No, I play basketball because I'm fishing for men. For you, it may be that you're not working just at McDonald's for a paycheck, but instead you're working for Jesus. You are fishing for men. Maybe in those, for the students that are here, in the context of school, you are not just going to school just to learn, but you are in your school to make a difference 
in your sports, in your hobbies, whatever it is, whatever you do, moms and dads raising their kids, grandmas and grandpas investing in their families, we are fishers of men, reaching the lost, making an impact in our community and across the globe. That is what we are called to do. Whatever we do, we are fishing for souls. God's call in our lives is that we are a royal priesthood. We are representatives. We are fishers of men. That's God's call. But the big question is, what will our response be when he calls us? I started in Matthew chapter 4 and looked at Mark chapter 1 because the response of those disciples at the beginning was remarkable. I want to ask you, how will you respond when God calls and puts something in your heart to do? In Scripture, we see the disciples, they were called, and immediately they dropped their nets and they followed Jesus. Pretty incredible. We also look at Scripture, and there were people that hesitated when God called. They had questions, or they missed opportunities, or they, they'd say, well, when, once I figure it all out, then I'll trust God. And then there are people that just flat out rejected the call of God. And let me just say this. When God calls, and if you reject him, I would say that has got to be one of the most miserable existence that you could ever have. When God has called you, and you're running from it. Don't run from God. So what has your response been? Look over the last year or two, or the last five or the last decade, what has your response been when he's spoken to your heart? Has it been immediate, saying yes? Has you, have you been hesitant? Have you rejected him? But more important than that is not what's in the past, but what will your response be today? For me, as I prayed and I sought the Lord, I said, Lord, I want my answer to be yes to whatever you've called me to do. And as I was praying and meditating over that thought and just making it personal in my life this week, saying, God, I don't want to just preach about connecting with the world. I want to connect with the world. There was a song that was kind of ringing in my ears, and you may be familiar with it. It's a song that says, Yes, Lord, yes, to your will and to your way. Yes, Lord, yes, I will trust you and obey. And then it says, when your spirit speaks to me, with my heart I will agree, and my answer will be, yes, Lord, yes. And I've been singing that most of the, the rest of the week from Wednesday on, and just saying, God, I want to say yes. This morning you may be here, and you don't know Jesus as your personal Savior. In just a moment, I'm going to give you an opportunity to say yes to the Lord, to establish a connection with a Heavenly Father. Maybe you've never done that, or maybe you've done it in the past, but today you, you feel disconnected to God. Today is the day of salvation. I believe today God is calling some of us to that point of, of, uh, of, an, uh, of a decision, saying, you know what, God, I'm going to forget the past, but I'm going to serve you from here on forward. Also, I believe that God is going to prompt some of us 
to ask the Holy Spirit for help. That we are going to ask the Holy Spirit to baptize us in the Holy Spirit, to fill us up to overflowing, to be filled with the Holy Spirit, to pray in the Spirit, and then our call, church, is to listen, to say, God, what are you saying to me? Expecting that the power of the Holy Spirit that was given on the day of Pentecost would be the same power that makes us better, that makes us a peculiar people, to make us think differently. And then again, we need to listen and do what God is calling us to do. You know, a great example of that was Jesus, uh, his mom. At the beginning of Jesus' ministry in Luke chapter 2, the story of where Jesus turned the water into wine, what did Jesus, what did his mom say uh, to, the, to the servants? She said, do whatever he tells you to do. And this morning, as your pastor, can I say with confidence that you can trust God no matter what he tells you to do, that you can do it? It may seem impossible. It may seem difficult. But with God, all things are possible. And the last thing I want us to consider this morning is that if we were all engaged fully with the Holy Spirit, just imagine what would happen. That if we left here completely energized by the Holy Spirit, listening to Him and obeying, what would that look like for us as a body of believers? Well, first of all, I believe that the ripple effect would be that there would be people in your lives that would look at your lives and say, man, there's something different about you. And I believe that there would be transformed lives because of the power of God inside of you. The response would be salvations, transformed lives. But more than that, there would be growth and discipleship here in our midst and across the lakeshore. I believe that if we are all fully engaged in the Holy Spirit, listening and doing what He says, there would be signs and wonders. I believe that the kingdom of heaven would come right here on earth. And I believe that's exactly what God wants us to do. Can you bow your heads and close your eyes with me this morning? This morning, I'm going to ask a couple of questions that are important. The first question is, how are you doing as far as your relationship with Jesus? Are you away from the Lord today? Do you need to restore that relationship? Or maybe you're here today and you say, man, pastor, I've never given my heart to Jesus. This morning, we want you to know that we've been praying for you. We're praying that God would speak to your heart and that your answer would be, yes, Lord, I surrender. If that's you today, would you just slip up your hand right where you are? I want to pray with you. I'm not going to embarrass you. I'm not going to call you out. Yeah. Anyone else? Yeah, a couple hands. Anyone else? You say, Pastor Ben, that's me. Pray for me. I need Jesus in my life. A couple young ladies uh, responded, and I'd like to just encourage them in their, in their walk with the Lord, establishing that connection 
I want to lead you in what I would call a miracle prayer. It's not the words of the prayer that, that are so miraculous. It's when you say these words and believe them in your heart, that's when the miracle happens right inside your spirit. Jesus will come in and, and take away your sin and make you whole. Would you repeat this after me? Say, Dear Heavenly Father, please forgive me for all my sins. Wash me clean. I believe that you died on the cross and that you rose again and you have made a way for me to live with you in eternity in heaven. I surrender my life. Take me. Mold me. Use me. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Awesome. <laughs> amen. Isn't that great? Awesome. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise God. But I want to take it a step further and talk about believers and those that are just coming back to the Lord. And I want you to consider the words of that song, Yes, Lord, Yes. In the words of that song, it says, Yes, Lord, Yes, to your will and to your way. Yes, Lord, Yes, I will trust you and obey. And then I love this part. When your spirit speaks to me with, your, with my heart, I will agree. And my answer will be yes, Lord, yes. This morning, I don't know, it doesn't really matter what your response has been in the past. If it's been a rejection or a hesitancy, saying, ah, you know, maybe I've got all kinds of missed opportunities. This morning, my encouragement is that your response would be immediate. When God calls, when God starts to speak, that you would say yes. Your response today is more important than what your response has been in the past. And just by a show of hands this morning, how many would say, Pastor, I want my answer to be yes, to respond to the Lord when He calls, when He puts something in my heart. Amen? And many hands going up. But what I want you to, to encourage you is the way you hear from the Lord is by spending time with Him. And it may not be an audible voice, but when He puts something in your spirit, you can trust Him and you can obey. Mary, why don't you come and join me here for a moment? And I'm going to ask everyone to stand. I'm going to pray that God would just uh, inject a, an incredible opportunity, a, 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 um, that He would inject just God thoughts this morning into our lives and that God would be speaking to us even here before we leave this room today. Lord, I just pray right now for each person here, God, that no matter where we've been, no matter where we've gone, Lord, none of that really matters compared to where you are taking us. Lord, you have called us to connect with you, to connect with each other, and to connect with those in our world to make an impact. And God, I pray that we would not just be hearers of the word, but Lord, that it would transform us, your word would. It would change us, God, that we would be determined to say yes to you. Lord, I pray as we, in the next few moments, as we stir up the gifts of the Spirit. Lord, that we, as we pray in the Spirit and with understanding, 
God, that you would be speaking to us. And Lord, that you would touch us with your presence. And God, as we pray, as we listen, God, I pray that we would be obedient and that our answer would be, yes, Lord, in Jesus' name. Yes, Lord, yes, to your will and to your way. Sing it with me now. Yes, Lord, yes, I will trust you and obey when your spirit speaks to me. With my heart I will agree and my answer will be yes, Lord, yes. All right, you sound pretty good. Let's sing it again. dismissed if you need to go, but I would encourage you to stick around, come to the altar, find, take a seat, and let's continue to worship the Lord together. Amen.